Hello and welcome to the Martial Arts Teaching Tactics Podcast. I'm Chris Bean and I'm joined by Chris Kent. Hello, Mr. Kent. Hello, sir. Today we're going to be discussing what to do uh, with cancellations and no to enrollment. So um, these are individuals that said, no, they do not wish to enroll into your program or they have already been with you for another month or years or decades or however long, and then they decide to cancel. How do we process that? What is like mentally, um, what do we do when those situations happen? We don't let them leave. Martial arts is for life. <laughs> yes. Okay. If you want to quit, dead, yes. done. Yes. Hmm. No, that's, a, that's a joke, obviously, if you didn't pick up on that. Don't quite think that's, I mean, I guess, suppose that is a, a way to, uh, to go. Um, yeah. So anyways, we've talked about the benefits of using some basic systems to track your school's metrics. Now that you may be paying more attention to cancellations and denied enrollments, uh, perhaps more than you have before because you are tracking those things, like perhaps, again, you have not been or you weren't doing before, Let's discuss a couple of ways that we can go about handling, um, again, no to enrollments or cancellations. You can choose to be disappointed when you don't sign up that new student. That student that's been there for you know two, three weeks, and you've spent time with, in, in, uh, interacting with, delivering information to, building a relationship. And then they decide, well, you know what, that karate is not for me, or I don't like this or that or whatever it is for you. You may even be heartbroken when you have one of your top students, your black belt students or something, and they decide to stop training. They decide to quit. They cancel their membership with you. You can have a total disconnect when something like this happens, seeing as, meh, who cares? I'm better off without them. I believe perhaps maybe your feelings need to be um, a little bit less calloused than that. Kind of somewhere in between, you know, caring and, and not caring. Right? You need to realize that, you know, your program perhaps isn't necessarily suited for absolutely everybody that walks through your doors or anybody that walks by your doors. They may not be able to afford you and the benefits that you offer. That student that just quit may be moving to another town or some other decisions that may be out of your hand or even out of their hands. Maybe they got a job promotion and now they have to move or travel or something like that comes up. Those are out of your situations, out of your hands. You can't do anything about it. It doesn't matter if you taught better classes or worse classes. They, they left. They can't, they can't make it to your class anymore. Again, figure out where you want to be at in that. Do you need to be heartbroken when that happens? Do you, do you need to be like, meh, who cares? Didn't, uh, you know, I'm, I'm better off without them. Again, what I like to do is try to stay right in the middle with that. Right? Stay right in the middle. Okay? Don't go too far either way because then you, you know, I mean, really your feelings will be hurt either way. Okay? Now, as far as enrollments go, if you happen to be getting a lot of no to enrollments or people who try out your program for whatever reason, they decide to not enroll. They don't stay with it. 
Okay, what, what could be causing those situations? Okay, there perhaps are a couple of reasons. Maybe you are asking too high of a price, or they think you're asking too high of a price. Now, that's an easy situation. You can just lower your prices. Or you can offer more benefits to the students who are potentially enrolling, right? To those trial students and to those current students you have, offer more benefits so the price that they're paying is more justified in their eyes. They're getting more for what they are already paying. Now, a note on changing your prices, okay? Because I'm sure at some point you've thought about lowering your prices or raising your prices. So a note about changing your prices. Understand that people, the vast majority of people, will find the funds, find the money for what they really want. If they really want to buy something or they really want to invest in something, they really want to do something, they will find the money to do those things, right? Despite what it may cost, they'll save up or eat out less or go to the movies less or whatever it is, they'll find a way to pay for what they actually want or what they think is beneficial for them or for their family. If your program is more expensive or even the most expensive compared to other studios in your area, but you offer more benefits to your students than those other studios do. So if you're the highest priced and you offer higher benefits, more things for your students, then so be it, right? Somebody needs to be the quote-unquote high-class school. Why not let that be you? Right? Somebody has to be the most, the highest, uh, highest, highest priced, highest charging school in your area. Now, generally, when people pay more for a product or a service, they get more. And this is both a factual thing. Most of the time, if you pay more for things, you get better things but it's also a feeling-based. So lots of times, people feel that if they pay more for something, they feel like they got a better product, whether it may be the same exact product or not. Right? I know that there, this is a side note. I know there's been studies shown where two exact same products have been sold by the store, and one product is the quote-unquote normal product and it's less expensive and the other product is the high-end product and they put weights inside of that product to make it make it way more like it, it feels heavier physically it is heavier than the other product same stuff is inside except for the weights and that heavier one is asked or they ask a higher price for that heavier product and more often than not, people buy that higher priced, heavier unit of whatever it is because they feel that that heaviness, they feel that that higher price tag means that they're getting something better than whatever the other product is. So if you are the highest priced studio in your area and you offer, or, or you offer, but you offer, however you want to put that, you offer higher benefits, more benefits to your students, then that's fine, right? That's fine. Again, somebody has to be the highest priced in your area. Even if it's by $1 or $7, whatever it is, somebody has to ask more 
for that studio or for, for, your, for your classes. Somebody has to. Why not let that be you? And if that is you, understand the things that are associated with that. Again, when people pay more for a product or a service, they expect more for that product, more from that product or more from that service. So be sure to offer more. Right? Don't just ask more and don't do anything else. Give them more, right? Because then, even though you're the highest price, people will want to continue to come to you and more people will come to you because you are offering more for the money. Okay? Think about Harvard. Harvard, Harvard University is one of the most prestigious schools in the world. It's also one of the most expensive schools in the world. But people don't discount Harvard just because it's expensive to go to. Right? People work hard. They get scholarships. They do whatever they can to, so they can go to Harvard. Right? Then when they're at Harvard, they, 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 you know, they immerse themselves in whatever that university has to offer. They go to classes. They, they're held to a higher standard because it is a prestigious university. But then when they're done, they can put that on their resume. Oh, man, wow, this person went to Harvard? Yeah, we want to hire him or her or them. That person went to Harvard. That's a, that's a huge mark you can write down on your, on, your, on your resume, right? That is a prestigious thing. And again, it is the prestigious school. Now, of course, Princeton and, and Stanford, there's lots of other, others that are in that category, but they all have that same kind of feeling attached to that. They're very expensive to go to, but the benefits that they offer, the higher quality of schooling, the higher standards that you're held to, and then that ability on the, on the other end, after you're graduated and done, you can say, man, yeah, I graduated from Harvard or Princeton or Stanford or whatever it is. Uh, that is a huge thing. So think about how you can incorporate some of those ideas, some of those feelings to your own martial arts school. How can you be the Harvard in your area or, or in, in the state or wherever for your in your industry, in the martial arts? What benefits can you offer to your students for that? So if you think that because you're the highest per price person and people are saying, no, I can't pay this much, then as opposed to lowering your prices, offer more benefits, right? What other things can you offer? How can you justify your price in the client's eyes? What benefits do you offer that they just don't know about or they don't know about yet or you haven't done a good job of telling this clients, right? Do you offer one-on-one -on -one times, private lesson times? Do you have an online curriculum? Do you, well, you know, well, all those different things that you can offer, that you do offer, make sure you tell your clients that you're offering those things so they can see those things. Yeah, okay, sure, you might be more expensive than John Karate down the road, but you know, you're, you're getting more here or you're getting more with you or, the, or whatever it is. Just because you offer, or just because you, you have the highest price in your school and you happen to be getting no to enrollments, don't always take that as a, oh man, well, I guess the, the economy must be slow. I have to, I have to lower my, my tuition so that we get more people in the door. Maybe, maybe, but I would suggest maybe go through the route of beefing up the benefits for your program justify that price in the student's eyes, in the trial student's eyes, in the client's eyes, even in, in your, your students that have been with you for a long time, justify that price so they know they're getting the best for what they're paying.
don't use the you know the, the store analogy Mr. Bean talked about where you have the same exact product but you put some weights in one of them you you fluff it up and fake it actually put something into your program and, and provide those benefits so that your program is worth that price because that's the genuine and honest thing to do and, and if we're not genuine and honest then you know we're, we're con con men con people and, and and liars and that's not what we want to to be not not to mention having a, a higher price point and holding your students and your clientele to a higher standard helps to develop that that uh, culture and helps to cultivate the kind of person that you want to be there. Um, because if someone does find the value in the program and they actually care about what they're doing, they're going to be willing to pay the extra price for it and be more committed to it and invest themselves into it. Whereas if it's $10 a week, you know, I can find $10 in some of my dirty laundry in my pants pocket or something. It's, 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 it's a no, no big deal. I don't have to actually apply myself and invest myself into my program. So having that higher price point and having clientele and students that are actually invested and actually coming um, and, and, and paying money for this good service and good product that you're offering helps them to, to you know, try harder and be better and be more invested in you as a studio. And, and, and as we talked about before, helps to develop and cultivate the kind of, of culture and community you want and, and attracts the people that you want. Again, if it's something that you have to pay, pay for, you're going to care more about it. And uh, you know, you're more willing to pay for the higher end things. So make sure your product and your service is higher end. That way those people are investing in something that's not only good for them, but good for your community and good for, for their families and good for their health and good for them on many different levels, adding value to your program and attracting the kind of person that you want that will put the time and effort into excelling and, and doing well in your program, which ultimately means that they are going to do well uh, as humans, as which is, you know, part of our goal is, having that student first mindset and making everyone better than they are. Yeah. And you know, you, you touched on a good point there. Um, depending on where your pricing structure is, will kind of dictate the type of clientele that you have, right? And for better, or for worse, that just how it is. I mean, if you are offering a higher price then the people more often than not that can pay that higher price are going to be there. And that's a, you know, a certain type of clientele. If you're offering a lower price and the people that can be there are going to be the people that can afford that. And that's another different type of clientele. So just for better, you know, you know, I, I'm not saying one's better than the other. I'm just saying that, you know, that is um, a potential factor to associate your pricing structure with, you know, uh, think about the type of person you want to have in your school and then make sure that they can afford it or that they can't afford it if, if that's what you want to do. You, I mean, you get to choose what your prices are and sort of based on that, kind of who your clientele is. A note on top of that as well too is that, you know, in the past and even in the present and and it's, an, it's another pitfall too because we want everyone to experience the martial arts. We want everyone to reap the benefits of being in a martial arts program and all the things that it brings to their life. Um, be careful with your quote-unquote charity cases, your your free classes, because I, I guarantee you at some point in time you're going to have someone come along that you either like, they do well, or they have some, for lack of a better word, sob story that you're going to, it's going to tug at your heartstrings. You're going to want to offer them the uh, the program for free. And uh, just be careful with that because as as callous and as cynical as it sounds, those people become the problem people because they're not paying 
for what you're offering them and they're not having to give something up to get something out of your program. And so they become entitled and they become, um, they become a problem. So I'm not saying to be um, heartless and not have some sort of discernment and, and be generous, uh, but use discretion and don't offer it to anybody or to everyone, sorry, don't offer it to everyone and be careful in those cases. Of course, it's up to you. It's your business. It's your school. It's your program. It's, it's your life essentially to bring it to a a more grand scale there. But uh, just a word of caution, be careful because as much as we want to help everyone, we are running a business. We are running, um, you know, an operation that needs money and we have to have that in order to, to continue what we're doing. So again, just be, be, be wary of those things. Um, use your discretion and, and, you know, if you need to, um, dig into the situation more, because if you, you feel like that person might be a viable option for, for a, a scholarship or, a you know, a, a free ride in your program, make sure that's the kind of person that's going to, uh, not only treat you and your staff well, but also be someone that is a good, uh, a good representation of your school. Uh, and also someone that is, can be discreet themselves. You know, they're not going to go around telling the whole town, oh yeah, so-and-so at this martial arts school gives it to me for free because then you're going to have 50 people showing up. Oh, well, this person gets it for free. Why can't I? Or you have students that say, oh yeah, I'm paying this much per month, but so-and-so gets it for free. What's up with that? Uh, so again, it's up to you, uh, but I just, a word of caution, I'm not saying you, you shouldn't do it or can't do it. It's just uh, be careful when you, you are doing something like that. In fact, um, why don't you guys reach out to us? What, what, what would be a good services? Facebook? They can tell us what they think about scholarships and such. Yeah, any of them really. Yeah. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, let's, YouTube, let's, Reddit. Let's make, let's make it Facebook. Let's make it Facebook. So on Facebook, go to our, our, um, our channel, our page, MA Teaching Tactics on Facebook, and let us know what you think about scholarships. Scholarships where you have people come to you for a reduced rate or for, or for no rate. And, um, you know, if you like those, if you do those, let us know. Let us know. Because um, scholarships are an interesting kind of can of worms, sort of. Um, and I, I just would like to hear what, what your guys' take is or what your um, history is with those, right? And so, even perhaps depending on on the feedback that we get, maybe we'll do a whole episode on scholarships and um, and potentially even a scholarship program. Um, so, anyways, just just let us know on Facebook and uh, you know what you think about scholarships. If you're for scholarships, if you're against scholarships, what's your what's your what's your take on those? Right. Uh, getting back into some kind of reasons why someone might say no to enrolling in your, your program or even cancel your program. Uh, perhaps the time is not fitting with that student's schedule, depending on their school, uh, the parents' jobs, or even their own jobs, other sports they might be in. Um, we need to try to offer, as we talked about in our, our schedule, class schedule, and, and our, our curriculum, and, and you know all that kind of stuff, we need to try to offer different times. So, well, on Monday, Wednesday, it's at this time, but if that doesn't work for you, on Tuesday, Thursday, your class is at this time, and having that different options available is another way to help um, mitigate people not being able to enroll or people having to cancel because of their scheduling problems. So having different times available for each class helps to cater to those clients and helps us to service a wider array of people as well. You know, 
And if you have somebody that quits, particularly somebody that's been with you for, let's say, at least a year, a year or more is where I would kind of recommend this, um, have a exit interview with a student who wants to cancel, right? And so basically this is a, a meeting where they would come and sit down with you, the, the owner, the instructor, um, and, and say, hey, listen, I want to cancel because of X, Y, Z, A, B, C, hear them out, let them know, you know, listen to their, to their reasonings, their ideas, what, you know, what, what they want to do instead. Um, this can give you an opportunity to remotivate those students, right? If it's like, man, I feel like I'm not progressing or I'm not learning anything, you know, remotivate them. You know, what can you do to get them back on track to, you know, where they want to be at? What's their next goal? Is it, you know, how close are they to black belt, right? Sometimes people, and this is, this is always the most heartbreaking for me is you get somebody that is like, a belt or, 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 you know, six months or something away from testing for their black belt. And they're like, man, you know, I just, I want to do soccer instead. Dude, you've been here for so long and you, 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 you're, you're right. Your black belt's right there, right there. You're like, you can see it. It's six months away. You can't stick it out for just a little bit longer just to get your black. I mean, if you quit the belt before black, you're like, man, I almost got a black belt. Or you can say, yeah, I got my black belt, right? Those are two vastly different things. And they mean, Two different things to literally everybody. Oh, I'm almost a black belt, or I am a black belt, right? You, any non-karate person, you tell that to, right? Oh, I, you know, there's a clear difference there, right? So if that's that's anyways, that's the most heartbreaking for me. Sorry, um, but sometimes they just they don't realize how close they are to that milestone, whether it's the black belt or it's the next small milestone on their way to black belt, right? So just. Think about different ways that you can re-motivate those students. Again, these are people that have been with you for a year or, or even longer. And yeah, different things come up. You know, situations outside of your control happen. Again, people get demotivated. So again, what can you do to re-motivate them? Get them back on track and uh, seeing their goals and how close they are to achieving or reaching their goals. I would, I would say in those meetings, you're main objective is to retain that student, re-motivate them, and get them to stick to your program. Uh, and if that doesn't work, um, you know, as we talked earlier, so be it. Unfortunately, that's the way things go. You know, don't uh, no use crying over it doesn't work, but also don't sit down with that person and, and immediately hand over the cancellation form. You know, try to fix the problem if you can, figure out what's going on. But if they happen to leave, they happen to leave. And use that as an opportunity, whether the, they are remotivated, whether they stay, or whether they decide to leave still despite having the conversation with them, find out what the problem is. Because if you can stop that problem or fix that problem from happening in the future, uh, again, you're going to kind of cut down on the number of people that might want to quit or cancel for whatever that reason is. So again, that meeting is to try to keep them and figure out what the issue is. And then either way, whether they stay or whether they leave, find out what the problem is. That way you can fix it moving forward to stop that from becoming a bigger issue or affecting more students down the road. Yeah, you know, even sometimes, you know, you'll have a student that will come to you, I just, I just don't have time, right? And, and, and kind of a, a simple solution for that is to sit down and, and give them an idea of how many activities they do that are not goal-orientated activities. You know, how many time wasters do they have in the day? Different things that they do that are not helping them um, achieve whatever their goal with you or, or outside of you uh, may be, 
right? So just give them a, a, a kind of a snapshot. Okay, well, you spent, you know, this long playing video games. You spent this long watching, you know, watching TV. You know, you spent this long eating potato chip, you know, whatever it is. But um, kind of give a rundown of what a general week is. Oh, well, actually, you have, you know, this much time. I mean, can you can you spend this much time just trying to get at least to your next goal? And then, you know, then you can kind of reevaluate after you get that one. That's a nice tactic to use when people look at you and say they don't have time to practice. Well, okay. Let's lay out 24 hours in your day. Here's what you do here, blah, 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 school, work, homework, chores, blah, blah, blah. Well, look at that. You have three hours in your day where you're not doing anything. And maybe even throw in some of that stuff, you know. You spend an hour playing video games, an hour playing outside. Well, look at You still have one hour in your day that you could be practicing your karate. So not only is that a good method when they're at this point of wanting to cancel, but at any point in time, if they ever look at you and say, oh, I didn't have time to practice. Okay, well. Let's think about this. Let's sit down and talk about it. And, you know, they shake their head. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess I could practice for 10 minutes. Well, look at that. You still have 50 minutes of that hour. It's just, you know, I'm sure you've heard that that line before. They don't have time, you know. You have time. You just didn't make time to practice or you didn't set aside the time to do that specific thing. It's not that you didn't have time. If you really want to do something, the same way we talked about paying for the program, if you really want to do the program, you'll find the money for it. Well, if you really want to practice, you'll make time to practice. Again, it's your, your priority. So that's just a side note on that kind of tactic and that method. Yeah, and, and a good one for that, especially with the, with the younger kids, you ask them how many commercials did they see? Because, you know, depending on their age, they're not old enough to buy those things on the commercial. They can't phone in and say, yeah, hey, I want to, they can't dial those, you know, whatever, the 1-800 numbers. Um, they can't buy those things. They can't do anything with the commercial. So while the commercial is going on, get up, do your form during a commercial, then sit back down. Then the next commercial break comes on, get up, do the next form or the next self-defense or whatever it is. Okay, then sit back down. So, you know, over the course of watching even a half hour show, you, you get you know, 20 minutes almost, it feels like, of, uh, of commercials, you know, three or four different commercials, uh, uh, breaks of commercials. So you get up, practice this, okay, sit back down. Okay, get up, practice this, and sit back down. Then they're there for the actual show part of it, but then they're, ju- they're doing something else physically with their body during the commercial part that it has no bearing on them at all. Right. And, and you, you can even do that for adults, because most of the time the adults aren't going to be the type of people they're going to be calling in, buying, you know, the, the QVC or whatever, whatever that is on the commercials these days. Um, they're not going to do that. So watch your show. Commercial happens. Oh, OK, I'm going to get up and do this. Practice, you know, while the commercials are going on. OK, sit back down. Right. And that's a, that's a simple, super simple way to, for them to be like, oh, yeah, you know what? That, that's not, that doesn't sound too bad. I think I can do that. And they do that, you know, once or twice a week. Pow. Practicing happened. Look at that. Easy. Didn't take, didn't quote unquote really take any time out of their day because they're still watching TV. They're still doing what they were already doing. They're just not mindlessly scrolling their phone or doing something while the commercials run. Not only will you probably not buy that stuff anyways, but how many times have you seen that commercial? You saw it. 17 times yesterday and you're going to see it 23 more times today do you really care about that commercial at all no but you don't need to watch that commercial every time it's on i think of how sick you get of commercials the commercials you can quote not because you want to but just because you've heard them so many times you don't you know save yourself that torture practice martial arts instead and then like like master bean said mr bean said just get there for the actual show part or even you know you're on netflix or hulu things that don't have commercials 
you finish an episode, before you hit play next episode, or while the intro is playing, boom, practice. Or while the credits are rolling. While the credits are going, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, by, by the time you have the credits roll, you know, even if you're watching Netflix and it pow, jumps to the next episode real quick, like even sometimes you don't want it to, uh, the credits are rolling over one and then they're doing the recap or the, the intro for the next one. You got at least a minute there. You can get up and do something before the actual content comes back on. Absolutely. All right. Again, you, if you want to do something, you'll make the time for it. And that's just, that's just your mindset about it, too. Now, if you have a student who quits because they didn't like the way that you handled the situation or an event or, or circumstance happened with or causing or around a certain student or a group of students, right? Something bad happened or, or you handled something poorly or your team handled something, that will happen. From time to time, stuff like that will happen. And unfortunately, relationships are very difficult to make. Lots of, lots of time investment, lots of small little interactions to make and build solid relationships but that can all crumble down in one instant, right? You say something wrong, you, 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 you do something wrong, you do something other than expected, pow, that relationship is gone. Years and years of, of you know, however long that relationship took to build, instantly it can crumble. And so with that in mind, obviously that will happen. People are people. Right, you or somebody on your staff will at, at hopefully not soon, because I don't want this to be like a self-fulfilling prophecy. But at some point, will or already have made a mistake, and potentially that mistake will cost or or did cost you some students, or you did the quote-unquote right thing, and people got upset because you did the quote-unquote right thing, and they saw that as a problem and they left. Something like that will happen. Chances are somewhere along the road or down the road or has already happened will dislike something that you've done or, or that, you, that you potentially will do. And so try to think about how that situation, not only the perspective that you had from it, but see it from their side. What did, what did they, how did they see that? Put yourself in their shoes and see how they understood and how do they, how do they listen? What, what do they see happening while whatever the situation was? And then best you can think about how you can help or, or, or do that differently next time, right? Because um, it, it, it would be terrible if at Brown Belt, all of a sudden something got changed or something got harder and nobody was notified about it or didn't come across well or, or whatever. And, you know, you got a solid group of students. And then every time at Brown Belt, pow, like half of them or more quit. Solid group of students, they get the Brown Belt, boom, half or more of them quit. Right? So hopefully something like that isn't happening for you. Obviously, if that is, take a look at that, fix that, figure out what the issue is. But... Um, you obviously don't want a situation like that to happen. Or you don't want something to continually be bad or continually be wrong or continue to um, 
not be seen correctly through the eyes of the of the viewers, whether that be the parents or the family or or even the adult students that are in the class. Like you didn't explain something well enough or whatever the situation is. In those situations, the more information that you can gather, the better that will be for the next round of people. Right? So in those times, and of course, you're going to have to take that information and, and figure out what of that information. So like if you have a, um, a cancellation form, and if you don't have a cancellation form, I'd recommend it. Having a cancellation form is great for a couple of reasons. Number one is uh, it helps track those things, right? So if somebody fills out the cancellation form, we get the cancellation form back. Okay, now we have to cancel this person, right? They've done the form. On the form, we ask, you know, ask some basic situa- uh, basic um, questions. You know, what did you first start training for? What did you like best about your program? What caused you to cancel? You know, how would you rate your training with us? Um, those type of questions, and, and also let them know, hey, understand that, you know, the date today, what you know, whatever the date is today, um, your payment, your last payment will be two weeks from now or a month from now or, or you know, next next week or whatever your, whatever your policy is. You can have that on there so that as they're filling out that form, they can read that and see that and, and be reminded of whatever your policy is. But on there, we have a, an area for what, what caused you to discontinue your training, right? And, and sometimes we get those and, and it is you know, we started soccer or, or we moved out of state or, you know, something like that. Sometimes we get it where, you know, hey, I didn't like this or that or, you know, whatever. And in those situations, you have to kind of, again, see it from their perspective, right? It, did you do the right thing and they didn't know you were going to do the right thing or they didn't expect you to do the right thing or they saw that as not the right thing or again it there's so many different situations that this that you know that this is trying to cover um but try to weed through you know what if this is actually useful what can i do to change some of these potential is, uh, issues in the future and what if it is just i can't do it's out of my control i can't do anything with it it's just noise okay you file that away in the noise column. And then you have another column that says, okay, these are things I actually probably should look at and to, to fix so that it doesn't continue to happen or doesn't happen again. Those are the type of things that you want to look at and try to fix. Again, the more information you can have surrounding that situation, the better it'll be moving forward for not, unfortunately, not for those people, because unfortunately, like I said, relationships are very difficult to build and, and very easy to take down. And so once that relationship is taken down, most of the time it's beyond repair, right? You may want to and like to and try to mend those bridges, but the person on the other side has, wants nothing to do with you, right? And so trying to mend the bridges sometimes is, is more, more of a detriment to you trying to fix those things. Just sometimes, unfortunately, you just got to let it be. But again, the more information you can have, potentially you can help to fix those situations so they don't continue to happen or don't happen again in the future. Right. And, and, you know, more often than not when someone's upset or they cancel for a specific reason, that's not something like time or location or, you know, disinterest or whatever. If some, if an incident 
happens that drives someone to the point of wanting to cancel. It is a delicate situation and it is, it is difficult to deal with um, because that relationship is falling apart for X, Y, or Z reason. Um, and, you know, it's not always an easy thing to deal with or to traverse through. Um, and just thinking about it simply, you know, you can't please everyone. And once again, don't be indifferent about it and don't be uh, calloused and cynical about it and say, okay, fine, you want to be gun- done, then be done. Bye. See you later. Try to fix that issue if you can. Try to salvage that relationship. Try to address the problem and, and, and make things right. Um, but again, you're not going to please everyone. Some people will just be mad for whatever reason. And, you know, from your perspective, you did the right thing. And from that perspective, you didn't do the right thing. And, you know, some people just want to be mad. But uh, just as a general rule, if you run your business with integrity and live your life with honesty and, and, and treat everyone equally and, and deal with every situation you come across the best way possible, that sets you up in a, in a good place to, you know, when those, those situations come along, you know that you were doing the best that you could do. You did what you thought was right and you did, um, you know, you did what you thought would be best in that scenario and you never have to question that. Um, that's not to say when things happen, you shouldn't look back on it and think about what happened. And if you are wrong, admit that you're wrong because that's another part of it and is, is taking ownership for your part you played in, in, in that, that environment because as we said, you know, we're all going to mess up as much as you want to try to live, live honestly and live with integrity and do the right thing at all times. It's just, you know, it's not possible. We mess up because we're human and that's just the way it goes. But as long as you are striving to do your best and able to admit your shortcomings when it's applicable, don't roll over, roll over for someone. You know, if you're in that situation and you made the best call and you firmly believe it was the best call after thinking back on it and reflecting on it, um, don't rub it in their face and say, yeah, well, I'm right and you're wrong. So get over it. Just say, hey, listen, I'm sorry I went down that way. I did what I thought was best. And if that's not okay with you, it's not okay with you. You know, don't waste your time on that either. But again, just live with integrity, live with honesty. When the situations come along, evaluate, be humble if need to be. Don't be a pushover. Stand your ground on things that you think are right and make the right call in the moment and um, move on. I, you know, don't let it get you down. You lost one student. But if you're doing the right thing for the right reasons, then there really shouldn't be an issue. You know, I think that's a that's a great a great summary and a great place to to end for today. Um, again, we talked about on Facebook. We're going to have an opportunity for you to let us know what you think about scholarships, right? You know, having a, a free ride or a partial, you know, partial scholarship to your program. Um, do you offer those? Do you like those? Do you not like those? What do you think about them? Let us know on, on, on our Facebook page. Um, that being said, you can find us, of course, on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Reddit and YouTube. All of those, you can search us at MA Teaching Tactics. MA, of course, for martial arts, for uh, teaching tactics. So MA Teaching Tactics. And that's it. Until next time, I'm Chris Bean. And I'm Chris Kent.